Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? It is the end of season review and to help me chew over the last uh, 12 months of Scottish rugby, I've got two disreputable students. To my left, Alan Little. How are you, mate? Hello. <laughs> and to my right, there's Matt. Man, not too bad. Up, up early doors, that's the commitment to the pod. It is commitment to the pod. We're recording this pre-work, so if we are rambling, it's because we've not quite woken up yet. Thanks a lot for joining us um, on Twitter, uh, no, on iTunes and Acast <laughs> or wherever you get your podcasts from. Chatting to us as ever on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod and um, on Instagram at Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. Once again, we have received zero emails in the mailbag, <laughs> the Thistle Rugby at gmail.com but we have had this great review from dan parks for scotland coach he says absolutely love listening to the podcast on my commute to work in london feels like sitting down the pub with your mates chatting about the game and gives me a weekly injection of scottish banter good insight good knowledge and terrible quizzes from alan make the show a pleasure to listen to happy to oblige happy to oblige and that it comes just one day after the four-year anniversary since dan parks retired from international rugby so great to be chatting about dan parks again sad day for all an absolutely awful day and alan instead of the blue wkd you decided to make a donation to the dotty weir charity i did i i mean i wasn't giving loads but gave 10 pounds <laughs> that's all right it's a couple as a couple of blue wkds two bl- yeah. Yeah, two, Whole, wholesale that's quite a few two VSs. blue wkds and fingers <laughs> piano bar thank you very much that's decent i will take them i'm sure that's probably the best donation doddy's ever had <laughs> <laughs> um very quickly guys we are going to skim over the news there's not been too much since we were last with you last week um we are then going to revisit scotland's amazing win 
um, down in Argentina. And then we're going to look back at the season for Scotland, Edinburgh and Glasgow and ask four questions. What was the moment of the season? What was the low point of the season? Who was the player of the season? And what is your what the fuck moment for the year? So why don't we get kicking off with the news and Wigan Warriors head coach Sean Wayne is joining the SRU as a high-performance coach. He's going to be sort of um, dipping in and out of the the academy and working across all sort of age groups. Guys, what do you think? I, I guess I still have these sort of past feelings that the Super League means quite a lot. I remember I used to like watch them on watch them Sky Sports on a Friday yeah. night and it felt like yeah. Wigan-St. Helens was quite a big game. Oh, definitely. And the fact that the Wigan head coach would move to Scottish rugby to take up a high performance role just feels like it feels relatively strange but he's obviously been pretty successful in his role and a lot of um, plots both from rugby league and rugby union so you know looks like a great move to strengthen strengthen backroom staff yeah I think actually as well Super League's probably gone down in standing a bit in the last few years because there's not nearly as much money going in as the Australian League, for example, or most of Rugby Union. So he's probably, you know, increasing his wage by quite a bit. He's also been at Wigan since 2011. It's a long, long time. Yeah. So maybe he feels like he's sort of achieved as much as he can and wants a new challenge. And it sounds like a pretty class gig, to be fair. Scotland team on the rise at the moment. I think, yeah. I, think, I think it's quite a good opportunity for Scotland as well in that we've talked about it a lot in that their defence possibly sort of flatters to deceive because Johnny um, Gray makes 50 tackles a game. But we actually are giving away quite a lot. So maybe that external voice with maybe a bit of a different um, spin on defence yeah. could be quite good and for the setup. I think um, one of the reasons he's joined is because Townsend used to take the Warriors down to Wigan for like a pre-season few days just to like oh, learn okay. different things and oh. teach them different skills and that sort of thing. So he must have really... So he's clearly gone and directly coached with them and thought, this guy, I like I like his style. Do you feel there's a bit of a narrative at the moment where Scotland are bringing in a lot of, ex- are bringing in a lot of external coaches? There doesn't seem to be many people who are progressing upwards throughout the, throughout the yeah, Scotland coaching system. I think if you look at the, at the current coaching setup, you've got... Richie Gray, for example, who's a breakdown specialist, but he wasn't given much of a chance in Scotland. And it was only under Heineken Mayer, I think, at South Africa that. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, oh, actually, he's quite good. I think there's, yeah, there's definitely some blockages still. But as we sort of talk about that gap on the playing side between Prem 1 and the professional game, it seems like there's a gap on the coaching side as well. It's very little Prem 1 coaches ever mm. make that step up into the professional yeah. setup. Do you yeah. know what the answer is? Is it Super 6? It is the Super 6. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where we're going to be able to pool the talent of all our high-performance coaches into one league. Can't wait. Can't wait. Okay, so we'll see how that gets on. I think at the bottom of the press release it says he's going to join once his time at Wigan is over. So I'm not entirely sure when that is. Just ambiguous date. Yeah, yeah, ambiguous timing. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, announcement coming out of Edinburgh, uh, a bit of a showing of faith in the new Project Cockers. Duncan Hodge and Roddy Grant have re-signed as his assistants. Well, and loads of other people were trying to get them. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Scotland legend Al Strokosh has come back from Perpignan to join the strength and conditioning setup at Edinburgh. And he's absolutely massive, so that's surely only a good thing. I did see him in Edinburgh Airport recently, and he is still massive and absolutely terrifying. So maybe he'll, you know, light a fire under the arse of the Edinburgh players. Hopefully. Any thoughts on that, Alan? I would hate to be in the gym with him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And finally, the other piece of news, and I know this is close to Matt and Alan's heart. 
Stuart's Marvel have made an announcement regarding the Super 6, and I'm trying to not get this wrong. Their third 15s are going to merge with Harriet's to become the Ferry Road Colts, or something like that? Um, third 15s are going to merge because they're struggling to put out teams. Yeah. Um, and they're going, going to alternate, I think, between playing at Inverleith and playing at Golden Acre, week about or whenever they have home matches. Yeah. Um, the S1 to S6 academy teams, as they call it, are going to merge and become Ferry Road Colts. Oh, right. Okay. And then I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about what happens at the first 15 level. I get the sense that Heritage is still going to run an amateur team. Yeah. Streamout will still be a fully amateur team. But presumably, if Streamout have some decent players coming through, Heriots can take them into their Super Six. Well. Into their Super Six. So, this is the first I sort think. of sign of clubs changing their setup to sort of um, deal with the realities of the new Super Six coming in. Alan, what did you think of it? I completely get logically it makes sense, but it's a dark day. <laughs> Gang in bed with the nails. Can oh, you believe it? I was sent a message from a. A nail acquaintance. I wouldn't call. Wouldn't call him a friend. An no, acquaintance. He's, you he's, can't be friends with any nails. He yeah. messaged me saying, "How does it feel to be standing on the shoulders of giants?" <laughs> Which was well, a, he's certainly not a friend a, anymore. Yeah, it was a tough, tough Monday morning <laughs> message to get. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that. I think goes it's probably on. the start of more. Yeah, it must be. I think we will see that. If you want to be involved in the Super Six, then you know. And maybe see what Sonians made an announcement yesterday. They've signed three sort of the Scotland under 20s players to play for them next year. And one of whom was stolen from Stu Mel. Yeah, one of whom was stolen from Stu Mel. So you're beginning to maybe see the sort of green roots of the top talents heading to those Super 6 clubs. And I guess if you're an amateur club that's not directly below a Super 6 team, if you want to attract the best amateur players who potentially are looking at trying to make that jump having that pathway is incredibly important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. There well, we, we will keep an eye on that. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of more Super 6 stuff to come over the uh, over the summer. Shall we? I think that's most of, most of the news. It's been quite a slow week, hasn't it? It's been a bit of a slow... I suppose it is. We are at the tail end of the, mm. um, tail end of the season, aren't we? So we look back at what was quite... A remarkable um, result on Saturday night. Scotland 44, Argentina 15. Two tries for the outstanding George Horn, Blair Kinghorn, Stuart McAnally with a wee pirouette and a run in for the 22. Magnus Bradbury and Doogie Fife crossing for Scotland in what was quite an amazing... I think they scored five tries in the first half. Um, Matt, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, as I said, we were always going to win by 30 or 40 points. So, and I just love that team. It is humble pie for breakfast, <laughs> yeah, Matt Yeah, ma- massively. Um, well, we were watching the game and I, I thought that the first half was going to be a bit of a, an arm wrestle or a bit of a turgid affair. So I thought, let's just have our supper and we'll catch up in 10, 15 minutes. And yeah. by the time that had happened, we were already three tries up. Um, I think firstly, let's, let's look at Scotland and say that they played really, really well. Their, their attack looked seriously well-oiled. Um, forwards carrying nicely Hastings in particular running the game very nicely and George Horn just running incredible support lines um so it it looked it looked great um on the on the flip side that is the worst Argentina team I've ever seen oh how bad I I don't I I thought they were going to have a reaction to the fact the coach was being sacked but they were all over the shop in defense they didn't seem interested and the attack was 
you know, you had Landajo and Sanchez controlling the game and they've got like 160 caps between them. They looked like they had no clue how to run a match. It, it was bizarre. Versus the four caps of George Horn and Adam Hastings. Alan, what did you think of the young halfback partnership? It was interesting. I, I thought they might change strategy a little bit from the US game where they brought in Horn and Hogg at first receiver quite a lot. But actually... They kind of kept kept with that strategy. I think hey, we look at the number of passes Hastings made fourteen passes, and Horn and Hogg were both only made about twelve and eleven. Mm. So they're bringing they're, they're all getting involved around a similar amount. And I don't know whether it's just taken a week for that system to sort of embed in a little bit. But you're right. I think every time I think Hastings pulled back quite a lot and kind of let the forwards do their job or sent yeah. it across to Hogg and Horn. But when he did get the ball. He just came onto the ball with so much purpose. Yeah. And he really takes it to the game line at speed. And I thought really sort of challenged the Argentinian defence. Yeah. Can I say something? Can I say something? You know it's game line and not game line? Yeah, I know that. You've been saying this like two years. <laughs> I never pulled you up on it. I just, I think it's time. I know it's game line. And I do know that, I realise now that I have been saying game line for the last <laughs> probably 10 years. That's fine. You know, this it's this a, it, it, it tends to make more sense if you say the game line. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, minor point, but I thought I'd pick you up on it. Um, and yeah, and I think just when Hastings is taking the ball to line, it just gives, no, not only is he making breaks, but you can see all around him, it just drags in so many defenders. Yeah, yeah he's, burnt, he's got really excellent feet as well, so he never seems to get too caught up in contact. He always seems to at least make a sort mm-hmm. of half break or get on the outside shoulder of his opposite man, yeah. which I'm really, really impressed with. And I think the difference between this week and the USA game is when he got in behind, there just seemed to be people sort of streaming through behind him and there was always options on left and right shoulder, not just him, but when Grig went through and made that, after our discussions of Grig not being a great distributor, made that great pass to put in Kinghorn for the second that, try. That was generally a, a class pass. But I mean, I, I didn't he, see it coming He just, he just chucked a pie. My favorite thing was when, um, I think it was when Hastings went through for the first try, he had... Horn on his inside and Hog on his outside, yeah. and Horn was literally like, "Pass to Hoggy, <laughs> do not pass it back to me." I think Hog would have been inside. in as well. Yeah, um, I think the other thing was that I think the forwards all play. You concentrate on the likes of Hastings and and Horn doing the fast stuff, but I thought the forwards, in particular the front row, were incredible. Um, McAnally once again just carried on his good form, just always offering himself up. Yep. And Simon Bergen has been such a success story this year. His defense was incredible, making big hits carries well and I don't think Alan Dell got as involved as the other two but he looks fit and the scrummaging was really solid he looks he looks in great nick doesn't he I mean it's amazing when you think about looking back at the season which we will like Simon Bergen we were sort of we were really not that huge fans yeah, worried of him. we were worried about him come and then now he's he's come on absolutely leaps and bounds be that under under cockers probably but a little bit of Townsend as well and being given that opportunity mm. he's He's now looking at as a starter, I would say, for Scotland when we have the full strand team out. Yeah, definitely. oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, easy. He's nailed on, and we're worried about you know not having Nell, but that it looks as if Nell's. I don't know. It's been difficult for him to come back. Yeah, it doesn't look like such a big issue anymore, especially with Dickinson playing. Look at well, I mean the fact that Dickinson's well, out, back. Yeah, I guess the fact that Nell and Dickinson, I think even sort of a year ago, we were yeah. still sort of hoping that they were going to sort of come back and lead that front row with Ross Ford. Yeah. And now, even with all three kind of eternally injured, yeah. it's just not that much of an issue anymore. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also thought fair play to Fraser Brown. 
thought he had a really good game. Apologies, Fraser Brown. Yeah, yeah. friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Fraser. We, I mean, to be fair, we weren't slagging him off. We were slagging off the selection. So. Yeah. yeah. But um, he was bloody good. Yeah, he was good. He was actually getting over the ball quite well. Yeah, he got a lot of good turnovers. <laughs> there was, he's, yeah. There's an interview with him in the Times this morning, short piece with yeah. him, where he says that he, he woke up on the Friday morning and he had like a full back spasm and he couldn't like bend over. He couldn't got stand three, up. Couldn't stand up. Got three hours sleep on the yeah, Friday and then he had like he had Saturday. like night fevers. <laughs> he oh like, my god! He's like he's like for goodness' night sake, night fever. Yeah, night. Lovely. That's what you're saying. Or fevers. I don't know. <laughs> where he's trying to sleep. He's like the worst thing ever. But the adrenaline got him through. So fair play. Yeah. And he's getting married in two weeks. So congratulations, mate. Good I, luck. To I him. actually think that whole back row um, played pretty well. I think obviously Fraser Brown was just sort of told to get on and yeah. jackal and tackle. Yeah. And then probably what we're missing in the USA game, I think in that squad that's uh, over in South America at the moment, Denton and Bradbury really are the two main ball carriers. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, they're pretty much the ball carriers of any Scotland squad we could put together at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, I guess there's <laughs> the thing is, but you would you would say that they're probably not in the, a starting Scotland 15. Not in that back row. You're not going to fully fit. Well, Bar- right, you're going to start Barkley at... Sit but that's somewhere thing, in that back Bar- row as ahead of Bradley. If you look at to the autumn, though, Barkley will be out because he's injured, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So this, I think it's a really good chance to bring in Bradbury at six. I if think Bradbury's got to be the star. If you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna stick with Wilson, which yes. I feel like Townsend might do, then you're gonna have Bar- um, Bradbury, Wilson, Watson. I think I think Denton's had a decent tour though. Yeah. So do I. I, I would he does, rather he does what he does. Yes. Which is carry hard and not score tries, losing me money. <laughs> very annoying he did like your tweet though he did like my tweet which you know is as good as cash <laughs> was it worth the fiver <laughs> not really could have done with that 20 quid 4 to 1 for Denton to score at any time is pretty tight that's rubbish from Paddy Power that's absolutely savage 4 to 1 oh. he's never scored before that <laughs> come on um, anything else we need to say on the, I, I wanted to special mention I think we've sort of like talked about him all season, but Blair Kinghorn, every game he plays just seems to be coming on and on. He's just such a quality talent and it's going to be amazing. I think we've now proven the concept that we were debating about three or four months ago. Can you put Kinghorn on the wing and have um, Horn at full, uh, Hog at fullback? I think we probably can. I'd like to say that I said put Blair Kinghorn on the wing. I think my words were, should we try Blair Kinghorn at 12? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I still like that idea. Because I think he's such a strong runner and his distribution yeah. is class. He um, looks like a 12 as well. But he's clearly that sort of well-rounded player that going on the wing, even though he's not really played on the wing at, in the domestic game, he's mm. played, what, three, four games now at international level on the yeah. wing. Yeah. And he looks absolutely fine mm. um and i think going into the autumn internationals it's got to be him seymour and hog unless mate unless, unless do you think well, maitland Ma- still stays ahead I of him i think maitland has got a lot of credit ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. In the bank as being a really solid option. I'd say he's probably ahead of Byron McGregor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, depends how, how, yeah, Seymour might have a lightning start to the season and this rest will do him good. And But the thing is, is they normally obviously shove Sean Maitland over onto the left wing, whereas I think not, he, he's played a lot on the right wing in his time. I don't really know. And, it, and it's whether you then, whether it's just Seymour, if he does not recapture the form of sort of 12, 24 months ago, does he for the sort of yeah. first time in about four years? He's most at risk, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um... So that was Argentina. That is the our last international next international fixture for Scotland is Wales in the Doddy Weir. Um, is that the first charity? Yes, yeah, so we play Wales, oh, I forgot about that. then Fiji, then South Africa, then Argentina again at Murrayfield. Who will have Argentina will have gone through the rugby championship, which doesn't look great for them. So it'll be interesting to see how they tip up at Murrayfield in November. Do you not say their first games against New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. Oh my! So we're God. gonna play all those matches and then go on another autumn tour. Leave us alone. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so grim. It's a real sausage factory of international rugby. Right. So that was that amazing result. We'll see what um, comes of that. Should we look back at the season then, lads? Let's do it. Through the four, four lenses that I mentioned at the start. So let's begin and let's try not to duplicate our moment of the season. I think there's obviously some standout candidates. So I'll get one out there. Calcutta Cup victory in the Six Nations as a moment of the season. How good. That was really, really good. And I think yeah. there's moments within that. I think there's moments, like tries that you'll remember. The Hugh Jones second try. Yeah. When he goes right through and the Finn Russell pass try. I think that pass would just be sort of immortalized in Scottish rugby history. Yeah. I think Hugh Jones dragging the two English players over the, uh, yeah, over the line. Class. That was quite incredible. I mean, literally the whole thing was the best. The best day of your life. <laughs> 100 minutes of my entire <laughs> life it was. Um yeah, being next to the English guys who'd spent 350 quid on the ticket, full-time glass of sherry to celebrate, <laughs> and then a walk home at 7pm. <laughs> Delight, delightful little day. No, it's, I mean, I think I've never been to a Scotland's win against England before, mm. and I think sort of the manner of the, the victory, especially in the first half. Definitely. It's, um, and I think especially the fact it, it, completely changed the narrative of that Six Nations. I know we obviously beat France the week before, but it was a pretty turgid performance. Definitely. And I think, to be honest with you, outside of that game, we had a relatively poor Six Nations. I know great. we came away with three wins. Um, but actually, that one game sort of shows what Scotland can do when they hit peak form. Yeah, I think mm. honourable mentions within the Scotland uh, season, I mean, putting 50 points on Australia yeah, in, I was just gonna the, that. in the autumn was pretty uh, outstanding oh, yeah. as well. Even yeah. though it was against 14 men. That was pretty amazing, um, and almost beating New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, that was. Which I think laid the, the foundations and maybe the belief of, you know, everything that came after. Yeah, that was definitely up there performance wise. I think you take so well. Take it from an Edinburgh perspective. I think the Edinburgh win against Glasgow yeah. over the Christmas yeah. period. Yeah, in terms of being able to go down to forty men and sort of come back against sort of that man. Oh, the Christmas Bergen. one. I was I was going to say the the third decider, the third match. Yeah. I, I, th- thought, I, I thought that was their probably best performance of the season in terms of playing a really good style of rugby as well, scoring some nice tries rather than just grinding out the yeah. result. Agree with that. I just think from the f- 
the, the fastest one was Simon Bergen, obviously having an absolute brain fart and getting himself red carded, and then then being seven seven to ten points down. I think the sort of unity they showed to sort of grind that game out kind yeah. of showed what they had in their locker for think, the rest of the season. I think it was a big part of belief. I think there was still maybe some question over whether Project Cockers was sort of getting off the ground. Yeah. They were doing well, but then that sort of led them on a massive streak. Yeah, definitely. Um, where they, they beat all the sort of top yeah. team, a uh, top tier um, clubs in the, in, the, in, the, in the league. Glasgow so, moment of the season? Extra win. Yeah, the extra win. It was a little bit of a dead rubber though, wasn't it? It wasn't for extra. Yeah, they yeah I suppose so. Yeah, uh, that, that sort of showed what Glasgow could do. Throughout, yeah, I suppose for the rest of the year. But apart from that, it's, it's quite hard it was to find one. They were like unbeaten for like 10 games. That is but true. Ultimately, it's a disappointing season and there wasn't actually any a lot of specific high points throughout. Like, the, they lost their big games. Exactly, that's the they point. They did. obviously won a lot more games than they lost. But. So I suppose the second year in a row that Glasgow sort of lost their big games. They've not quite managed to raise it in the big games. So Saracens last season, Scarlets this year. Yeah. It's part two of the transition. Part two of the transition. <laughs> Transitioning straight into where we're more comfortable in the negativity. Low point of the season? First 20 minutes of the Scotland-Wales game. Yeah, that was really bad. That was really, you were there, sitting with the Welshman as well, weren't you? It was just sort of, hopes were high. I then pushed my hopes even higher through a combination of being in a bubble of other Scotland fans who were hopeful. <laughs> And I think just that 20, 25 minutes falling behind and then not having that game plan is one of the most sort of deflating experiences. I think looking back at it, we were really confident. And Wales before the Six Nations had so many injuries. It was a pretty scratch team with a lot of untested players. Yeah. So I think there really was so much momentum behind Scotland. So that was what really killed it. It was like Corey Hill running through the team and doing some offloads. I was like... I think something's gone wrong here. I think Edinburgh losing to Treviso about five games into the <laughs> season, and it was just—it was one of those—it was one of the last games at Myerside, and it was just like, oh my god, we're back here again. Yeah, yeah. same old Edinburgh. But it's that was almost there was that was kind of a little bit of a catalyst, and that I think they then went on a little bit of a run. Um, yeah, and sort and of apart, end of October that, time. There's not too many lowlights, really. Oh, um, the the lost to Cardiff in the cha- in Challenge Cup. Was yeah, really that was disappointing. Poor. I mean. Cardiff did go on to win the tournament, but I feel if Edinburgh Edinburgh could have beaten them and then probably would have gone on to do the same or at least reach the final. So that that was, yeah. You're probably right. And I was Gla- quite disappointed by that. We've already spoken about it. I'd say Glasgow Scarlets was pretty... Yeah, although I think the Glas- the loss to Scarlets wasn't wholly unexpected. I think... No, probably not. Mm, we were, all of us were... You know, obviously we wanted Glasgow to win, but I, you know, I am a gambling man and if I had... If I was going to bet my money, I would have put it on Scarlets every day yeah. of the week. I think the first Champions Cup game against Exeter, when we yeah. went 7-0 up and Glasgow were looking good, and then for the base of the next 70 minutes, Exeter just popped it one out to a forward and just ground and yeah. ground and yeah. ground us down. And I think there was a sense around that game that Glasgow just didn't have that extra gear to compete in the in the with the big boys this season. Yeah. I actually thought the Leinster game, the home match, was the most disappointing because yeah. obviously Leinster went on to win the tournament and they are yeah. an incredible team, but Glasgow just played very poorly in that game and, and got overrun and just didn't execute their attack and the defence was poor and that just seemed to, they seemed to sort of take that form on in the season into the big matches. 
So that that was a shame. Yeah, I think I was just going to say on another Scotland one. I think on that not performing point, I think the Ireland game in the Six Nations was really disappointing in that we left what, fourteen, maybe twenty-one points on the field and yeah, charged execution. an interception for Stockdale because he gets interceptions whenever he wants. I think yeah. we didn't deserve to win the game, though. I'm not, yeah, possibly not. But I think there's an awful lot of opportunities. The two-on-one, Hugh Jones chucking on the ground with um, Hoggy that would have put us ahead. I think there's yeah. momentum moments within that game yeah. which could have changed it. I think yeah. we possibly would have still gone on to lose and Ireland are a great side, but that was a disappointing one, I think, for me. Um, right, player of the season. I think I've got two candidates. Um, let me throw out the obvious one. Stuart McAnally, what a year. Big Rambo. Yeah. I think in terms of, I know there's a lot of players that made development, but going from fourth choice hooker at the start of the season. Third. Probably. <laughs> what? It's behind Ford, Brown. Brown. Oh, yeah, maybe fourth. Christ. And who would the third one be? Neil Cochran. Scott, Scott Lawson. Scott Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> so he's oh, third. Scotland third level. Fourth. I was thinking. Um, at Scotland level. level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, to being Scotland captain. Yeah. It's got to be one of the most... And not just Scotland happened, but like an unbelievable performer. You think about Scotland's last five, six um, fixtures. Has there been any time we've said, oh, Stuart McAnally didn't quite have a good game? No. No, he's played, not at all. He's played, his performance has been incredible yeah, within definitely. that role. But then like, what the hell's been going on for the last... I don't, I, 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 I don't think it's a particular player issue. He's just not been getting the game time. Yeah, and he's only been a hooker for... What, like three or four years? He's been a hooker only three or four years. I'm sure so. it's been longer than that. Maybe it's been longer than that. Maybe I'm wrong. It just feels, I, and again, I I don't think he's been given the op- enough opportunities over the last Probably five years. Not enough opportunity. I imagine that the atmosphere at Edinburgh when they were doing badly possibly wasn't helping him and he wasn't getting the nod. But over it's, the same with, it's the same with George Turner as well. He was given absolutely no opportunities yeah. at Edinburgh, getting, given a shot at Glasgow and showing that he's he's probably ahead of someone like Ross Ford in the in the pecking order at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other options, George Horn has had a pretty incredible season. Yeah, I think at club level, mm. again, he he was very much a Hawks player at the start of the year with a Glasgow yeah. contract. Yeah, definitely. Um, and to go from there to potentially being starting nine for Glasgow next season, probably being starting nine and being back up nine for Scotland. Yeah, I think so. Is a... Uh, is pretty incredible. Who's starting, who starting for Scotland? Uh, <laughs> I think you got to start Laidlaw. Yes. yes. We'll cover that off next year. <laughs> so, the only player that does support lines better than Horn is Chris Ashton. Yeah. like That's l- a really good point. Literally every single try um, that Scotland scored at the weekend, he, was, he either scored it, or he was on the shoulder of the person who scored it. Yeah, definitely. literally every single time, and you see it for Glasgow. It's it's generally unbelievable. I, uh, no, can I say something about George Horn? I slightly worry that he is this incredible player, but not necessarily an incredible scrum half. That's fair. And watching rewatching the first half of the Argentina match, you know, he obviously played very well, but his passing is okay. Like he picks up from the base a lot and looks for options. Yeah, he, he doesn't does. whip it as much as say even when Hidalgo Klein came on, his pass is a lot nippier. His box kicking is pretty standard. He, like it's, it's not good enough. He kicks it too yeah. far. And those are things you can work on, sure. He is about 13, so he's got a few yeah. years to... Uh, but then but then I'd think of him as like this amazing bench option that you come on, bring on and just say, 
you know, do your, do your thing, have a go when defenses are tired. Um, yeah, I do slightly worry that he might get caught a little bit. We'll see. But from, I mean, in terms of a first season, 12 starts, 11 tries, 8 assists across Glasgow and Scotland. That's not too bad. So yeah, I'd say, yeah. Any yeah. other contenders for player of the year? Renaissance. Yes. <laughs> I, I it's like the, it. That's like the achievement award. <laughs> no no one's given has done more in, in a Most Glasgow shirt. Most improved player. They haven't. No one has done more in a Glasgow shirt this season than Rory Jackson. And he, yeah, he can't deny He that. was all right for Scotland when he played against Canada. He was. I mm-hmm. think uh, in, in terms of... And no, no one else has launched a successful gin brand as well as... He's had uh, a good year. It's a massive year. I think, I think he got I married s- this year as well. Mate, the man is killing it. He's absolutely <laughs> killing his life. I think I saw the gin was shortlisted for the Scottish Gin Awards. Yep, did see that. Unbelievable. What a year. What yep. a year. Um, yeah, no, I think in terms of just club player, he's... Uh, oh, club player of the year, easily. Just a, a very sort of standard level, like <laughs> a very good level. Potentially not much great, but definitely no no. Not bad. a lot of bad. Yeah. We talked, we talked about Kinghorn before. I chuck him in as kind of just excelling for both Edinburgh yeah, and the main. I'm and really then, excited. And then Scotland about, eventually. Really excited about Kinghorn for next year. And yeah, then Bergen. Simon Bergen. Yeah. In terms of helping to solve an issue, yeah, if he can stay fit, he, I think him, Ramble, and Dell could be starting front row for the next three, yeah, four years. years. Yeah, That's definitely through to the World yeah. Cup. Fantastic. Okay, then, and to close it off, what the fuck moment of the year? Hugh Jones dropped two on one to Hog. <laughs> that was so bad. That was really, really bad. Losing to the USA is a pretty what the fuck moment. Yeah. You said that at the start, just without any context of the, the players or anything, taking the pitch. Yeah, even without the context of players, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I think it's one of the it's one of those weird things where now we've lost to USA and beaten Argentina and I don't really know what to think. It's like last summer, Fiji, losing <laughs> to Fiji after we beat Australia. This is, this is the whole, this is the Who concern cares? about Scotland is we're just going to continue on we're, this bloody roller coaster. We're going to beat Ireland first game of the World Cup and then lose to Russia. Japan. <laughs> but that, Russia. Could, that could happen. Yeah. We could beat Ireland and lose Japan and we're probably like the only team that could do that. <laughs> yeah. And well, as, as you said at some point during the season that Scotland for the better or worse, are the most exciting team to watch in world rugby because they can't really defend, they can't attack. Yeah. It's always going to be a high-scoring match. Yeah, I suppose that's... Which is kind of, kind of true. I'd like to give a shout-out to the Tooney Tombola for a lot of what-the-fuck moments just sort of over the course of the season. Yep. Fraser Brown last week was one of them. I think I remember when we sat down and he, and he announced the squad for... So the Six Nations of the Austin Test, and there was like three players that we all had to go and Google. Like Luke, <laughs> Luke Hamilton and Chris, Chris Harris, Harris were like, who the hell are these people? And, <laughs> and like James Lang when he was named in the Scotland team. So I think that's quite fun. This sort of like just every squad, it feels like there's going to be somebody who's on the bench for an English premiership team that's decided to play for Scotland. I'd like yeah. to see the black book of players around the world who have a Scottish granny I know. who oh, I know. they could database. pick up if they wanted to. God. We could make a fortune if we owned that database. Yeah, no. <laughs> let's make it. Let's do that. I think one of my what the fuck moments is finding out that Scotland have a talent scout in Japan. Oh yeah, <laughs> and a an official um, tartan in Japan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like Yoko, wherever the uh, Scotland's base is at the World Cup next year, they have created a uh, special Scottish rugby tartan for that region of Japan. 
Why not? Yeah. Why ever not? <laughs> you know, commercial reasons. Yeah. <laughs> How many people are buying that? <laughs> oh my god. Any other big quarter fuck moments from the year? It's been a good year. Thirty-four episodes for us. Yep, very good. Strong. Loads and loads and loads of new followers, um, and we're going to be back next year. Looking forward to it. Exactly. How long? How long of a break have we got? We'll play it. Play it by year. Five weeks I or something. Five weeks. Yeah. Five weeks so. until we get back into the sort of preseason. Um, next year's the big year. The tour to Georgia. Yes. Yep. Is happening. Georgia and, away. And Edinburgh, Newcastle away. Edinburgh, Newcastle. Glasgow. Away. One of the French matches away. Lot so of a lot of good lot options. On the go. Potentially Scotland, France, and Paris. Yep. Yes. Working on tickets for that. Definitely. If anyone wants to give us tickets, then <laughs> we'll, we'll take them. Are we are more, more than welcome. <laughs> Wait, we are more than welcome. Anyway. Um, right, I think that's it's too early. I think that's it. We need to go to yeah, work. We're done. Done <laughs> yes. well. Thank you good very shift. much, guys, for joining us, not only today, but for the rest of the season. Um, enjoy the summer break. Keep in touch with us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And if you are ever bored, please do send us an email, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good summer. See ya. Cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.